So today I want to talk about like the mindset of sales calls that convert and just want to give a little bit of backstory on it um, before I go into some of the strategy stuff uh, to really support you. Okay, so um, I was the worst at sales calls to the point where I would go into a panic attack every time I had to do sales calls. So anytime a business coach or a mentor or a biz bestie recommended me to just hop on some calls and sell my services, I would freak out and I would get nervous and I would go into like a cold sweat and I would have all these fears and traumas come up around selling via sales calls. And the reason behind that was I had a lot of trauma around sales calls. So um, back in 2016, my brand like literally blew up overnight. So I went from lurking in different Facebook groups and um, just being like a little lurker, right? And behind the scenes was helping different friends get into Forbes or Vice Magazine or Thrive Global or different media outlets like that because I have a master's in corporate PR. And my business coach at the time told me because I was struggling with selling and I was like, I'm a, at the time I was a fear management coach, right? So I was helping people overcome their fears. And um, because I was really good at just being able to like pick up and go and like solo travel and as, you know, a solo female and like travel around the world and like just be really fearless in a lot of ways. And so um, I thought, why don't I just do coaching around that? And so I had a business coach at the time in 2016 who was like, nobody knows what that was or what your niche is. Um, now, like, because I have a deeper understanding of branding and niching, like, I would have given different advice, but either way. So, because you could totally make any niche work. That's just my personal opinion. But so at the time, I was like, okay, um, it, I'm really struggling with this. I'm just going to do whatever that business coach told me to do. And so that business coach told me to become a PR coach and use my master's in corporate PR and just own it, right? So I owned it and literally within three months I got into Huffington Post, Forbes, <laughs> BBC News, like Mind Body Green. I grew a Facebook group of over 600 millennial thought leaders, people who were featured in TEDx, people who had like, um, who were like Hay House authors, people who were like Forbes under 30, people who were Inc. 500 entrepreneurs. Um, I grew a really powerful community. And what ended up happening was, is I became an industry leader in that space before I had the infrastructure of my business set up. So on the front end, I had like, anytime I had um, like put out coaching applications, I would have 40 people sign up or like, you know, send in applications. So on the front end, um, anytime I posted something, I would have like tons of engagement. On the front end, like um, anytime like I like did a launch, I would have tons of people like interested. But when it came to the sales call portion, like selling high ticket, that's where I really struggled because like, I had all these hangups and like mindset blocks around selling high ticket and sales calls. And so I felt like 
here were some of the mindset blocks I had at the time. I felt like very sleazy to sell high ticket. Um, I felt like I was taking that person's money. Like I felt like um, that like I was, um, there's this term, I'm trying to find the right word for it. Um, breaking other people's boundaries, right? So like a lot of high ticket sales, especially back in 2016, was really taught in a way that was very damaging and in a way that wasn't honoring of the other person's boundaries. And so I had a lot of ickiness around it because whenever I was taught um, sales call strategy, it was taught in a very icky way. And so I was afraid of like pissing somebody off on a sales call and then them hating me for life and then them talking shit about me and my brand and then all this work I put into the brand gets destroyed, right? So that's where my thought process went when it came to sales calls. And so anytime I, a coach would tell me to do sales calls, I would just be like, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to destroy my brand, right? That was where my mindset was going around it. So moving forward from all like the inner work I've done, from like all the business system stuff I've implemented, from all the infrastructure that I really integrated and learned over the years and from being on the marketing side of seven figure coaching businesses and personally being mentored by really amazing, powerful COOs, so chief operations officers, so I got to learn like the actual business back end in terms of what makes a business profitable and what makes a business like make a lot of ca cash money essentially. And so the way I learned sales calls, I got to relearn it in a healthier way, which is what I'm going to be teaching you on this call today. Um, I just wanted to share my backstory and my personal journey for it because I feel like a lot of y'all have had that experience. And so I want you to know that you're not alone and that like these are kind of the mindset things that come up around like high ticket sales and doing sales calls. So um, what I've discovered, so I've done sales scripts, I've done like on a whim, just improving it. And what I've noticed is there's two extremes of approaching sales calls. There's the sales script side where you're literally reading a script the whole time. And then there's the completely improv, no direction, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing on this call vibe. Neither one is empowering. So if a coach tells you to do follow just the sales script, if um, you're putting the power into that script, right? And so if a client goes off script, you get, you're like, uh, I don't know what to do in that moment. And then you just try to revert them back to the script, which may or may not work for that person on the other end. So they may go like, that's weird. You're not listening to me. And then that could hurt the sale there because they're not feeling heard. On the other end where it's just completely improv, you have no clue what to actually do on a call, right? Because I've had coaches that are, that would say, just show up, just do the call, or like, you know, just, you know, be high vibe on the call, like, you know, keep your energy up. The problem with that is sales calls are something you have to learn, right? It's like a skill set you still have to learn. Like, 
you could say it's the equivalent of saying like be high vibe now go into the st statistics test like you could be high vibe all you want but if you don't know statistics you're gonna fail that test so like either extreme doesn't really set you up for success and set you up for long-term success so instead where i want you to hang out is actually in the middle so the middle is where you have enough structure where you know where you're hitting, but you're playing in the energy of like being in the flow, right? So you have a general outline, but you don't have every detailed map out. So what I do on my sales calls for um, agency, so I'm gonna show you how to do it for coaching industry, and I'm gonna show you how to do it for done for you service model. So first I'm gonna show you like high ticket sales calls for done for you service model. So for done for you service model, this is if you are selling any copywriting services, marketing services, like where you're physically doing the work for them, AKA implementation. What you wanna do is you actually wanna build out their strategy on the call. Every time I do a project planning call where I open up a Google doc, and I just ask them questions about their business and then I actually build out their strategy for them on the call, I make the sale, right? Because like when you're doing done for you services, you're not selling the strategy, you're selling the implementation. So when they see, when you kind of like gift the strategy on the call, you're going above and beyond what most service providers do on their sales calls and you're actually giving them a clear outline of like what you or your team will do for them and so it makes it so much easier to close that sale because then the other person on the other end has a clear picture of what they're paying for so like what I'll do is I'll give like a little game plan of like step-by-step -step tasks that we'll do and I'll say like we're gonna create this for you. We're gonna create that for you. Like, um, I see your problem with with lead gen right here, so we could fix it through creating this type of project or like creating like this type type of launch to fix that lead gen and do blah blah blah. Right. So I'm collecting their problems. I'm putting it into a strategy so they can clearly see what are the step by steps, and then I'm selling them the implementation of it. So I'm selling, hey my team or I can like build this out for you. Because what ends up happening is on that Google Doc, it looks really overwhelming. There's so many million pieces. And so what my team does or how I position it on the call is like, we could take this off your plate and we could do this for you. And what's super empowering about, um, for service providers about hosting like your sales calls like that is one whether somebody hires you or not you just empowered them with a strategy and made their um interviewing process so much easier because now they know like okay this is who i'm hiring for and these are what i need right and so you just empowered that other person and on your end you're not confused you're not like being in your head because you're not completely improvising. Instead, you get to go into coach mode or you get to go into strategist mode and provide that in the container um, without giving away the whole kitchen sink because if you're a service provider, you're, you're selling the implementation, you're not selling the strategy. Now for my coaches where you're 
your whole thing is you're selling the strategy, how you approach sales calls is going to be completely different, right? Because if you go into coach mode or if you go into strategy mode, you literally just gave the whole kitchen sink to the other person on the other end. That's what they're paying for. They're paying for your strategy. They're paying for your mentorship. They're paying for your coaching. Instead, what you want to focus more on is getting really clear on what their problem is, right? So on the call, we want to get really clear on what their problem is and what their vision is, right? So what's their problem? What's their vision? And then what you want to prescribe is your services. So for example, if you're asking questions around like, hey, what are you really struggling with in your business? Like, you know, fill me in, right? Then you could like take different notes. I'm a huge fan of taking notes on calls because like for me, it helps me like listen better. And it also helps me like be able to repeat in their exact words, like what they told me. You don't have to take notes on sales calls. That's just my vibe. It works well for me. So that's what I do. Um, but if you're selling coaching, you know, get clear on like what their problems are and get clear on like what their vision is. So you can ask like in 90 days, what like, tell me your vision. Like what would you love to have created? Like in a perfect world, magic wand. There's tons of questions or ways you can word it. But essentially the two main questions you want to ask on a sales call are boom, you know, what's your problem? You know, what are you struggling with right now? And then two, like, what's your dream goal that you want to achieve in 90 days or in a year or vice versa? Because what that'll show you is where they're at and the struggle, like where their blocks are. And it'll show you what they, the result that they are craving for. So then you can go, hey, I hear you and I see that you're struggling with X, Y, Z, and then you can list it off. And I also hear you and I see that you desire X, Y, Z, and you list it off. My six-month one-on-one coaching program can help you get there. So in my six-month one-on-one coaching program, I can help you get unblocked on list out what they said was their blocks, and I can help you achieve list out what they said was their vision. That's essentially all you're doing on sales calls. Sales calls for um, coaching clients where you're selling like a service, no, where you're selling strategy or mentorship or coaching, you're literally just prescribing your program as the solution. You're not saying, oh, Sally, you have to sign up for Facebook or you have to do um, sign up for this group to start doing podcast interviews or like, oh, um, get off Tinder and do this and blah, blah, blah. You're not telling them what to do on the call. You're not giving strategy none of that. What you're doing is you're like, Hey, I hear you and I'm mirroring back what I hear and my program can solve that. That's the leading difference for service providers. You, you can, you can give strategy because you're actually selling implementation. So that's okay if you give strategy. And in fact, if you do give strategy, you, it, you're going to convert higher. <laughs> But for coaches, because you're selling the strategy, that's your service, right? Um, you don't want to just give it away on the call. So those are kind of structurally like how you can, you can set it up um, so that you can show up way more confident on sales calls and not um, 
overgive and not like undergive at the same time. Okay, now I'm gonna be showing you real quick how to like handle common objections. So the mindset I want you to shift into when it comes to objections is objections is questions. I want you to interchange those words. Whenever somebody get, has an objection, they have a question. Whenever somebody has a question, they have an objection. Whenever somebody has an objection, they have a question. Objection, question, objection, question, objection, question. It's the same thing on sales call. Objection does not mean rejection. That's what a lot of times, um, especially like newer entrepreneurs who are jumping into sales calls for the first time, that was something that I had to overcome as well. I thought anytime somebody was objecting, right, when we got to the objections part of the call, that they were rejecting me or rejecting my program. Not true. Objections is questions. It means they don't fully understand what you're selling them. So they might say like, whenever, for example, somebody says, I don't have the money, right? They can either literally not have the money and they shouldn't even be on that sales call for a high ticket program. Then you can just say like, hey, I have a lower ticket offer that can meet you where you're at. Or they're scared, right? And and or they don't see the value of your program and they don't see the value in terms of finding the money for it, right? Because money is relative, right? So for example, if um, somebody told you uh, that there was a $100,000 house on the beach in LA and it was absolutely gorgeous, right? You would be like, Oh my gosh, that's a steal. That's a good deal. If somebody told you there was a $100,000 gallon of milk um, that was super fancy, you'd be like, that seems a little overpriced for a gallon of milk, right? Same amount of money, the value is just relative. It's different, right? And so whatever you're charging for your programs, like, you need to also be able to communicate the value, right? So if somebody has a problem, this is why we want to get clear on their problems and their desires on sales calls, because you wanna identify like a real problem that somebody's willing to pay for. And you wanted to identify a real desire that somebody's willing to pay for. If it's just like a, yeah, whatever problem, like it's annoying, but it's not, really like something they want to fix then they're not going to pay high ticket to fix it if it's a problem that they're like i need to fix it today then they're going to pay high ticket to fix it same for desires if it's something they're like yeah whatever they're not going to pay high ticket to attain it if it's something they like <sighs> like it lights them up and it feels super fun and juicy they will pay high ticket to attain it so it's, there needs to be like an intensity rate factor in terms of when you, when they're signing up for it. Doesn't mean like intensity in terms of like scarcity, not saying that at all. I'm saying intensity in terms of heart, right? They need to feel heart connected to sign up. So when we're on a sales call, all we're doing is helping them get clarity and come to an empowered decision, an empowered heart centered decision. 
So like whether you are a service provider and you're giving them a strategy and you're outlining what you can implement for them and that helps them come to an empowered heart-centered decision because they feel like so seen, so heard and they're like, yes, I want to work with you or you're on the coaching side and you're helping them see like where they're stuck and see where they want to go and then also showing up and seeing them for who they are and then they get to come work with you from an empowered heart-centered decision because they feel so connected to you as well it is an empowered heart-centered decision that decides if they're going to sign up with you and so when you hear objections it's just questions it's just answer their questions and just help them come to that empowered heart-centered decision so like instead of like going into freak out mode just go like let's ask me more questions you know a good question to keep asking on sales call is do you have any other questions you know is anything else coming up for you like i ask that a lot right <laughs> on, on sales calls because i want to know if they have any questions i want to know if they have any objections i want to know if anything is coming up for them because I want them to come to an empowered heart-centered decision around whatever service I'm selling them because I want like empowered clients right and the same for you like you want your clients to be empowered you don't want refund clients you want you don't want clients that are signing up out of scarcity you don't want clients that like are on the fence or tipping towing you want clients that are showing up empowered and really believe in the decision to work with you and so they get there from they're coming from an empowered heart-centered decision so when it comes to um i can't afford it right i can't afford it um is more a question that actually means like i don't see the value in it so that needs to be communicated your value in terms of like hey when we were on the call, you said this, 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 like, um, is this something that's really important for you to fix now? If not, then, you know, no biggie, right? If yes, then like, you can talk about like how to afford it or vice versa. And if they really can't, then just sell them something lower ticket or something that's within their budget that they could still get tons of value from. Um, when it comes to... Um, and a good question to ask, I gave this to one of my agency clients, which she said it was super empowering for her around the I can't afford it conversation was um, a question you could ask is, let's take money off the table. Do you want this program? So you could literally like write that question down. Let's take money off the table. Do you want this program? What that question will do, it, it'll help them decipher if they even want the program and then you guys can have a conversation from there because if they don't even want the program you're trying to sell them no amount of like high ticket bro marketing stuff is gonna help the situation it's just gonna be sleazy instead like ask them like if they really if money was off the table do they want this program if that's a yes then they can like go on um their own journey in terms of figuring out how to afford it or asking for a loan or vice versa that's their thing right but if they don't want it then don't sell them a program they don't want right um 
And then same thing when it comes to like, oh, can we do this in a month from now, right? My mindset is whenever I do sales calls, if somebody doesn't buy on the call or if they say like, hey, I can't do it now, but can I do it a month from now? I just let it be and I give it to God universe. And what's crazy is when you let it be and you're like, sure, you know, boom, boom, boom. And then and let them be empowered around their decision when they're ready. Nine times out of 10, they end up coming back, right? And then they end up signing. Like 90% of my uh, sales happen after the sales call. Like I don't typically take payments on the call. Usually, um, especially because I'm way more on the higher ticket end. So usually they need time to process it and they need time to talk to their partner. They need time to like, um, figure out the financials or they need time to just like reflect within themselves, just quiet time um, before they make that decision. And so all I do is after the call, I send them an email with the link to their project plan doc um, and the link to uh, my marketing services page so they could just book direct through there, right? The actual like them putting in the credit card information is on their time, right? because this is a really big decision. And so some people like will push you to get the the sale on the call. What I teach my clients is there's no pressure there, right? Like if they sign on the call, that's cool. If they don't, that's cool too. Cause like majority of my sales do not happen on the call. They happen afterwards. So, um, but I also have like a lot of faith and trust and like, feel relaxed that like the right people are going to come to me and, and they do. So like, and so that's kind of like a mindset, like you want to embody and like really practice in your mind, um, to make it become your reality. But, um, let's see. So we did time. Did I need to speak to my partner and then did, um, that I can't afford it. So one of the big mindset shifts I would love for you to adopt when it comes to sales calls and high ticket sales is um, really being way more relaxed energy around it and way more faith energy around it. So like no matter how you show up on your sales call, like no matter if like you feel like you did it perfect or if you felt like you didn't do it perfect at all. I want you to trust in your ability to receive sales from God universe no matter what. So the sales call, all it is there for is like your gift you give to your audience and to your potential clients to show up for them so they can make an empowered decision. But you're, they're not the source of your money, right? Like they're not the source of your money. Like money may come through them, right? It may come through them in terms of like, they might buy your services, but they're not the source, right? And so I want you to really connect and trust that the source is coming within you, right? And that you're able to um, really attract who you need to attract. And then that's it. So I want you just to like connect that they're not your source, you're connected to source and that money can come to you from anywhere, right? Money comes to you from anywhere. 
and that all you have to do is just show up be the type of person that can attract that money to you be the version of you that um is making 10k a month that's making 20k a month that's making 50k a month ask yourself who is that person and then become that person now energetically and take actions like they would take so that's my messaging for you if you have any questions feel free to ask them and i'll see you guys next week see ya <laughs>